Welcome to episode 33 of the Princeton Podcast, produced by the podcast production team at HG Media, providing audio and video production services here in Princeton since 1999. In this episode, our Princeton Podcast host, Mayor Mark Frieda, welcomed Leighton Newland, Princeton Councilman. In addition to discussing Leighton's assignments on a variety of council boards and committees, including the Affordable Housing Board, Corner House Board, Historic Preservation Committee, and Princeton's Housing Authority Board, Mark and Leighton discussed their lifelong experience with Princeton's challenges and opportunities of economic growth and evolving diversity. So without any further introduction, let's join our host, Mark Frieda, and his guest, Leighton Newland, for episode 33 of the Princeton Podcast. Leighton, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Mayor. Nice to be here. So Leighton, you've just completed your first year on the Princeton Council. Are you still happy you decided to run for local office? Good question. Good first question. And, and yes, yes, I'm very happy that I decided to run for office. Uh, it, is, it is more challenging than I thought it would be, and also, quite frankly, more rewarding than I thought it would be. Um, you know, what, what I find most amazing about uh, serving on council is not just the people that you have the opportunity to talk to and the decisions that you have to make, but the breadth and scope of municipal government, how wide and deep it is and how many departments and department heads you have and uh, how we as a municipal government touch the lives of people is an amazing situation to watch up close yeah. and personal. The things you find out when you become an elected official, it's just amazing things you would never know otherwise that the town's involved in. It's absolutely remarkable. You know, for someone who's lived here uh, or born and raised here and not lived here my whole life. But, you know, as you walk around, you, you take for granted that the toilets you flush and the lights that work in town and there's the garbage that's picked up uh, consistently and on a regular basis is, you know, just something that, that happens. But there's people in the background that are making those things happen. And Princeton is blessed with, uh, you know, people on our municipal government that are uh, highly dedicated, highly committed, and um, very capable of doing the work that they do. Yeah. So, um, Leighton, there's a number of different council committees. There's a whole number of boards, committees, and commissions that council members act as uh, liaisons to. So can you just share with us maybe some of the ones you were involved with last year and how that went? I, I would love to. Um, I, I would like to, to say the, the committees that and uh, boards that I and the liaison to is sort of on the soft side of government, if you will. Um, I am the liaison to Corner House, which, uh, as you know, deals with prevention, drug and alcohol abuse, along with the Princeton Alcohol and Drug Alliance, which is sort of aligned in the same area as Corner House. I also serve as the liaison to the Affordable Housing Board, which kind of speaks for itself on providing affordability um, for the residents uh, here in Princeton. And I also serve as a liaison to a board that I was uh, on for 25 years, the Princeton Housing Authority, which works through the United States government and uh, housing and urban development agency to provide subsidized housing for um, the underserved um, here in Princeton. So, um, you know, I've, I've had a, uh, a wonderful time taking a look at the uh, jobs uh, and the information that these committees uh, share. 
um, what they do, what they're about. And, you know, it's been a real learning experience for me and one that I've enjoyed doing. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were born and raised here. So maybe you can tell us, uh, we don't need to know what year you were born, but, you know, where, where you grew up in town, how long you were here. And then I know you moved away and came back, but it'd be great for people to understand, you know, how much you've been in this community. Okay. Well, uh, I was born many, many years ago. <laughs> I won't give the date, but um, being old is, is, is uh, not, 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 not for the, uh, the feeble. It, 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 it takes some work. But um, I actually went to um, all elementary school here. Um, I was educated here throughout the entire system. I actually have been to every school in Princeton with the exception of Riverside, which opened the same year as Johnson Park did. Uh, and also the middle school, which was not built when I was in middle school grade. But I graduated from Princeton High School in 1969 um, after being, uh, you know, going to elementary school here. I went to Lincoln University, which is the first um, historically black college and university here in the United States. And after Lincoln, I spent time up in Massachusetts um, getting my professional career on. Um, but of note, uh, I spent time with um, International Business Machines uh, as a young college graduate and then went off into pharmaceutical sales for a few years. Uh, after pharmaceutical sales, I decided that I was going to try to take a stab at being an entrepreneur. And I did a lot of research and work. And in 1982, I opened up a store, a hat and retail boutique with accessories called From the Neck Up. It was located on Charles Street uh, in the historic district, if you will, of, of Boston, Massachusetts. And I then, after having success with the first location, opened a second location in Cambridge at Harvard Square. And unfortunately, and I share this with people because I think it's important, uh, when people say location, location, location is really important for retail operations, that's a fact. My location, um, the first location at 81 Charles Street was great. So great, in fact, that I was able to parlay a loan that I had gotten from the Small Business Administration, a direct loan, into a bridge loan with the, uh, a conventional bank in Boston. And then I had $90,000 to work with. I opened up my second store. And unfortunately, uh, the location was not a good location in Cambridge. And after about five years operating the two stores, um, the second store actually ended up costing me both the second and the first store. So um, I don't look at it as a failure. I look at it as a, a learning experience. It taught me a lot about uh, owning a business, what entrepreneurship was about, um, uh, what level of work and commitment you had to have to take on uh, something of, of that magnitude and, and to learn everything you had to learn about hats, how to open up a retail boutique, actually how to go to New York and buy what to buy, what the head sizes and hat colors should be. So it was, it was, it was, it was a, a great experience, and, and I think that's why I have such a love for, like you, moving and getting around town, seeing people, visiting people, looking at new store opportunities. Um, you know, I have a great love and a great appreciation for people that own businesses, especially small businesses. I know what it takes, how dedicated they are and how committed they are. You know, and I'm happy that historically I was raised here in the Witherspoon Jackson neighborhood on Birch Avenue. And I'm kind of living the American dream. My, my grandfather and my grandmother, um, my grandfather who came here from a plantation in the South, 
was a very hardworking man. He worked for Matthews Construction Company. Um, he bought the home at 230 Birch Avenue, um, where I live in now. Um, there's a side-by-side, 230 and 234. So I grew up at 234 with my brothers, um, who were twins, and my mother and father alongside of my grandfather. So I'm still living the American dream. I'm in my family homestead, um, back in the community I was born and raised in as a native son, serving the people who live here, the 33,000 people who live here. Um, at a time in my life when I have flexibility, uh, still have mobility, and uh, re- really uh, at, the, at, 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 at an older age, really having, I think, the best time of my life and um, being able to contribute like I've never had before and being able to use, you know, the skill sets, uh, the wisdom, hopefully it's wisdom, and, you know, the time I've spent on planet Earth paying attention to give back to the people here in Princeton. Yeah. Well, I would, I would just toss in a comment for everybody listening is I, I think you're an excellent member of council. So I think you, you really bring, you bring a great perspective and you bring a lot of that wisdom. And, you know, earlier when you were talking about your business and how you had to research and everything, I think that's uh, one of your key strengths is when you talk about stuff, it's clear that you've paid attention to what's going on and you've researched it, which is, you know, there's two ways to do things. You're either all in or you're not, you're all in. So anyway, I just want to, that's just a plug for you. But anyway, Thank you not for that your you're running words. for anything this year, but just in case. Thank you. Um, so at what point did you decide to come back to Princeton? What, what said, hey, I'm, I want to come back? I was working in New York for Reebok International. Um, for Reebok, I think it was around 1990, um, right after actually I closed um, the two hat stores in Boston, I went to work for Reebok International as a retail concept store manager. They were at that time, really battling um, one, two, two, one with Nike uh, footwear. And they wanted to compete with Nike. And the concept stores were not a, uh, a sales-driven uh, retail operation. What they basically were were branding um, for, 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 for Reebok. So they were really museum-type stores where we weren't so much interested in the bottom line. We just wanted people to see what the pumps were and to visually when the sneaker wars were really at their very height. Nike had a store in New York. Uh, Reebok opened their first store on Newberry Street in Boston. I staffed and managed that store uh, for about a year. After that, I went out to Santa Monica, California, staffed, opened, and managed the Santa Monica store, which is located on Main Street. And after a year there, I came to uh, on Broadway in towards Soho in Manhattan and opened up the third concept store. And after working for Reebok for a few years and moving into direct marketing, I decided that it was time to come back to Princeton because my parents were getting old. Um, They were aging. They needed help. We needed some family management situations. So I came back to Princeton to live and, you know, happy that I did at that time. It's a good story. Thank you. Hey, so a question many of our listeners like to hear the answer to is, what made you decide to run for council? Uh, good question. I have, you know, being born and raised here and always had a love for this community. Um, when I came back to Princeton in 1990, I believe it was around 1995, 1996, I talked to then Mayor Michelle Tuck Ponder. 
And I told Michelle that I wanted to give back to the town. You know, I had been away, had a corporate career, and was back in the Princeton area. At the time, I was working as a director, uh, deputy director of the Albert Embo Robinson Education and Training Center, which in took individuals from the New Jersey Department of Corrections uh, to put them into a residential community release program to transition them, you know, back home after um, completing their sentences in the New Jersey Department of Corrections. And I began uh, a long journey for 25 years on the Princeton Housing Authority. 19 of those years I was chair. And during the time back here in Princeton, during 1996, I thought Princeton had some needs. And to be honest, uh, I brought an attitude with me when I came back. I saw need for change, and I got on the Housing Authority Board, but I also uh, began being a community activist. And uh, by that I mean I, I was challenging then mayor, council, and the administration uh, to do better because I saw that Princeton was changing. Um, I saw that it was starting to get less diverse, and it was turning into uh, much more of a gated community. And I thought that there was a need to pay attention to the underserved uh, and the severely challenged uh, people here, in particular those who lived in public housing here in Princeton. Um, when Donald Trump got elected president, I took a deep dive and give, gave an awful lot of thought to being a community activist and, and what I was doing, and quite frankly, how much of a difference I was making and could make. And you know how they say a funny thing happened on the way to the office? Well, and this is true, I uh, took Lance Liverman, of all people at that time, to task because I didn't think he was doing enough in our community. And, and this is not the first time I'll say this, I was dead wrong. And I apologize to him publicly, and we are now the best of friends, and he has been a great mentor to me. And I'm going to answer your question about why, why I decided <laughs> to run, too, by the way. But when Donald Trump got elected, I began to get involved in politics in Princeton. I shifted gears, and I got in touch with people at the PCDO. I became a member of the executive board and started to look at things not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And lo and behold, uh, Dwayne Williamson, thank you, uh, was a member of council, and he was our liaison. He served one year and confided in me uh, before, I guess, he let other people know, the general public know, that he was thinking about not running for council again. And I initially gave that not an ounce of thought. But the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I thought that maybe if I could represent, and I had been the co-chair of the Witherspoon Jackson Neighborhood Association that was started by Jim Floyd and had taken that over with Yaina Moore and was holding meetings with the neighborhood and have always uh, been a proud representative of the Witherspoon Jackson Neighborhood, I thought to myself, well, if, if I can represent a neighborhood and do that well 
and be responsible and have people trust me and I've shown integrity, may, maybe I could transfer that and, and represent the, all the 33,000 people here in Princeton. And maybe from the perch of the Princeton Housing Authority, I can use that perch to take another leap and to make a greater difference for the greater good of Princeton. And, you know, I, I prayed over it. I really did. And, you know, God is in the business of answering prayers. And, uh, you know, once the opportunity came, came to me and um, I talked to several people about it, I talked to my, my soulmate, Griselda Jamat, who had my 100% support and other friends who thought it might not be a bad idea for me to take that leap of faith and to see what I could do. I ran. I ran with Eve Niedergang, interestingly enough, and, and luckily enough, we ran unopposed. And, uh, you know, I took a seat on council in January of 2022, and it is, it is a, a, a move um, that I in no way regret, and I'm very happy that I did it. And I'm, uh, I just can't tell you how pleased I am, how proud I am, and how happy I am to be a member of council un under your leadership, uh, Mia Sachs. Um, I guess I got to name everybody, David, <laughs> Leticia, Eve, um, and Michelle. Uh, it's been a labor of love, and I'm having the time of my life doing it. Yeah, that's great. I think it shows. You know, uh, rumor has it being on council takes a fair amount of time. Is that true? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you just mail it in, that's all. <laughs> no, nothing could be further from the truth. You, you, you absolutely cannot mail it in because you have the mayor and the rest of your colleagues who are counting on you to, like I like to say, get it right. It, it's a lot of work. Um, you have to be well prepared. You have to do a lot of reading. Um, I mean, you know how many emails we get a day. You, you have to keep up with emails and, uh, you know, the digital side of things. You have to prepare because when we are looking at resolutions and ordinances, there's a lot of, of meat um, and potatoes in there. And you have to take the time to prepare so that you come ready to discuss and to deliberate. And the, 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 the good thing that I like is that we have, you know, I think a council that respects each other and listens to each other, and we can agree to disagree, you know, without it getting nasty. And, uh, you know, it, but, but it, it, it is a lot of work. And not only do you have your open meetings, but you also have your closed meetings where you talk about things before they come to the public. Um, so it, it, it's a lot of work, a lot of preparation. Um, and, uh, you know, you've got to take it very seriously because, like I say, you want to get it right. Yeah, you do want to get it right, which is good. So, you know, I think a lot of people are always interested in you as an individual. I mean, what makes you, what drives you to spend so much time at so little compensation working for the people who live here? Well, I, I'll go back to being a native son. You know, I was born and raised here. And what, what I would love the public to know is that, um, you know, education is key. You know, we all know that and we all say that. But, but I went to Stony Brook for kindergarten here, which people don't know about Stony Most Brook. Most people don't even realize that used to be a school. <laughs> it used to be a school. It's a condominium now on the way to Trenton, towards, on the road to Trenton. Then I went to Little Brook uh, in first and second grade. I went to, and I was bused. Uh, and this was early when busing was happening in Princeton from Birch Avenue to Johnson Park. 
in the third and fourth grade where I had Miss Janet Keeney, who still lives here in Princeton. Um, I went to Community Park for fifth and sixth grade, Valley Road across the street for seventh and eighth grade, and to Princeton High School. I had, I think, one of the best elementary, uh, middle school education, high school educations uh, in the United States of America. And, that, and I'm a product of that. Um, and, and I bring, you know, that education uh, and, and, and I bring all of that I've learned along with, you know, leaving Princeton and then coming back to Princeton. I bring, I bring all of that with me with regard to, to, to leadership and, and the decisions that we make. And because I was born and raised here, I understand how important it is to have a good foundation. And, you know, being on council gives you the opportunity to uh, put guardrails where you need guardrails, to pave roads where you need to pave roads, to open up opportunities where you need to open up opportunities, to give people a chance when they don't have a chance, to give people a voice when they don't have a voice, to show people love when they might be hurting. Uh, and, and it, 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 you know, I get emotional when I think about it because, uh, I really didn't know the breadth and scope of what you can do and, and the positive changes that you can make when you take a leap of faith and you put yourself out there and you say, I want to represent not just myself and my family, but I want, want to represent the people that are my neighbors. And I consider everyone in Princeton my neighbor, and I want to look out for you, and I want to do right by you, and I want to make your life better in the ways that I can. And I think we all feel that way. Yeah, yeah, it's a great way to explain it. You're a member of council. Any big surprises once you, you know, what you thought might happen and, and what has happened? I would say the, the one surprise is, like I started the conversation, the breadth and the scope of how much goes on that you just don't know. The infrastructure, you know, the, the, the sewers, uh, the Department of Public Works, the engineering department, the construction department, the courts department. What you, what you have on your plate as mayor, you are everywhere in this town and you have to lead council and you have to lead PFARs, uh, the police department. We have one of the best and most diverse and most, uh, you know, uh, dutiful police departments in the state of New Jersey under the capable leadership of Captain Boucher and Lieutenant Tash. I mean, the things that go on in, in, in municipal government that people don't see and don't realize is, is, is extraordinary. And I am so happy to be a, a part of that along with finance and, and, and public schools. And it's, 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 there's a lot going on and it's a lot to handle, but I'm glad that I'm to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let me, let me ask you this one. What are some of the uh, high priority issues you see coming up in Princeton uh, for the next year, next year or so? Well, obviously affordable housing is going to be, uh, a big situation. We have development sites that will be coming online. Um, that is, I think, very exciting for what the future of Princeton can be, particularly with regard to, uh, you know, economic diversity. Um, I also am excited about our central business district and the reconstruction of the Witherspoon Street Corridor, what that could mean not only for the Witherspoon Jackson neighborhood, but also the town of Princeton. You know, I always maintain and let people know that 
Witherspoon Street is, is the brand street in Princeton because it belongs solely to Princeton, unlike Nassau Street, which is, which is the real property of the state of New Jersey. Um, and also Nassau Street does belong to Princeton. But uh, I, I'm excited about our infrastructure. I'm excited about Community Park South and the new designs that we'll be looking at. Um, I'm excited about the way we communicate with the general public. Uh, but, but I want to put a punch in and, and say the one thing that I'm kind of most excited about and which would be on my, at the very top of my wish list is, and, and I just ask people to vision, to vision with me, what if Princeton could uh, transform working with and along with the university, public-private partnerships, perhaps the Princeton Theological Seminary, the, um, the, the, the housing and the lives of the 236 families and individuals that live in public housing and subsidized housing in Princeton, um, how we could provide uh, generational transformation, uh, how we could do so with mixed income uh, building, um, if we could transform, for example, Clay Street, which is in the very middle of Princeton, which has now 50 family units. Think about if that could be 175 or 200 units with 100 affordable units or low-income units along with 100 market units in, in a nice little hub in the middle of town, a community within a community. Um, I think that, you know, we, we talk about things that we could do that would be noteworthy. We talk about a rising tide lifts all boats. I think the most noteworthy thing that Princeton could do um, would be to transform the, the, the plight of public housing in Princeton, um, to put that on the map. I think that would be something that the world would really pay attention to. And I think that Princeton has the capacity, it has the resources, it has the wealth, uh, and I think it also could have the willpower if enough people push in the right direction. And, th and then there's, there's one other thing I think that could be important too. I think Princeton could use an absentee landlord policy. I think because in particular in several neighborhoods in Princeton, you have, and I don't have any problem with investors, but you have people that buy property for investments, and that's fine. But when you buy property for investments, you should respect your neighbors, and you should make sure that if you're going to have apartment rentals or people living there, that they should upkeep the landscape and the streetscape and the treescape uh, to make it look nice. I think that that's a, a real problem we have in some neighborhoods, Witherspoon, Jackson 1, Tree Streets as well, where um, we could do a better job of making sure that our treescape and landscape is maintained to the satisfaction of everyone that, that lives in particular neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. That people do, uh, do mention that from time to time. It is, yeah. uh, it is tough if you take care of your property and then your, your neighbor is like, okay, who could care less? But anyway, um, so let me ask you this one. What do you, uh, what do you enjoy most about being uh, a councilman? Um, probably maybe the same thing you do getting out and about and, uh, talking to people and listening to people. Um, I also in, enjoy council meetings. I, I like our deliberations. Um, I, I appreciate that we get the opportunity to take a look at uh, policies, procedures, and programs and uh, weigh them 
for, for their benefit to, to the greater good uh, of the people who live here in Princeton. I think it is, it is a real honor and opportunity uh, to be able to make decisions on behalf of 33,000 people and, and, you know, to get it right. And I think we do get it right most of the time. All right, one last question, Leighton. Seeing your uh, long-term presence here in town, um, thoughts on how the town has changed? Princeton has, has changed for the good in some ways. And I think we, we may have taken a step backwards in some ways. I think we are uh, more diverse in some ways, but I, I also think that in particular when, with regard to the Witherspoon-Jackson neighborhood, when I was a child, um, people of color here, African-American and others, amounted, accounted for approximately 30% of the population. And now um, African-American population here in Princeton is 5%. I believe the Latinx population is around 7%. And the, the fastest growing population actually here in Princeton is the Asian population, which is, I think, close now to 25%. So it's not that we don't have diversity. We have great diversity. Um, but I, I would like to see um, us make a better effort to maintain, at least for now, those individuals who are people of color who are homeowners in Princeton and those who are people of color who may or may not be homeowners um, with the ability to stay here. As you know, um, property taxes never go down. Um, they go up. And Princeton is, uh, you know, a town that has a lot of wealth. And over, over the time, it is getting wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. And, and I'm hopeful that we can somehow... Um, continue to have wealth in our community of Princeton, but also have a greater economic scale. People talk about the missing middle, um, but I'm talking about low, low income, low income, moderate income, the missing middle. I want Princeton to be a place where um, everyone, no matter what your level of income may be, that there is a place here for you. Um, a town that shows great love for all of its constituents and all of its residents a great school system, um, and, and, and a great parks and recreation system, open space. We have it all here, and I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that we can continue to maintain the diversity, the inclusivity, and to have a greater amount of people from a greater number of backgrounds and from a greater level of income enjoy this beautiful, historic uh, town and, and what, what we have to offer here. Yeah, the town, uh, you know, I agree a lot with what you just said. And I think one of the ways the town has changed is that it's much more difficult if you're a long-term resident and you don't have a, you know, a fabulous amount of wealth. It's how do you afford to stay here? So people in that category are getting pushed out of town. Maybe you grew up here and you graduated from college and it's like, well, I can't afford a house. So you're forced to move out of town. Maybe you live in, you know, affordable housing. and. That's great, but as you accumulate some money and the, the dream is, let me move out of that and get to middle-income housing, working-class housing, whatever you want to call it. There's a thousand titles for it these yeah. days. But that almost doesn't exist in Princeton anymore. Yeah. So, so that's bad because now you can't move from one level to another, and then it means that the literally thousands of people we have on waiting lists to get into affordable housing can't get here. Right, right. So anyway, we're not going to solve it today, but... It's out there. Hopefully, councils talked about it. It's in some of the goals they set last year. I imagine hopefully it'll be in the goals for this year, trying to address that. But 
a lot still to be done. And and I would also hope that as we go into subsequent subsequent rounds of um, affordable housing, that maybe um, with I said like the help of public private partnerships, uh, fair share, perhaps the United States government, the university, um, philanthropic dollars, we 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 actually may be able to take a, a look outside of the box and to create the sort of housing that brings inclusivity and diversity and, and as I said, subsequent rounds and, and do something different where maybe we don't just have inclusionary where there's 20% affordable, but we can do more of 50% affordable and maybe 50% market so that we get a greater mix uh, and we can do more for a greater number of people and particularly families. And, and last but not least, I, I would love to bring more children here. And I know that's a, a sore spot because of our wonderful um, Princeton Public Schools education. Um, it may, we may need more school, more schoolroom, but uh, you know, I would love to see more children be able to take advantage of the great education system that we have here in Princeton. Yeah. All right, Leighton, I think we've used up enough time today. So thank you very much for having been with us. Mayor, thank you for having me here. Thank uh, our audio gentlemen for, for being special and for getting me off to a good start. And just want to say thank you for all you do. You are everywhere in this town and nobody gets around as good as you do um, connecting and uh, talking with people. You're so, a close second, Leighton. Thank you. You're a close second. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the 33rd episode of the Princeton Podcast, produced by the podcast production team at HG Media, providing audio and video production services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends. Visit our website at princetonpodcast.com and be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.